0: we are bellowing up to the bar today with someone who thinks he's glorious in his own image, <laughs> stares, in the mir- stares in the mirror and says great things about himself. Was just he's ask- talking <laughs> to my wife again, just ask- <laughs> He'll tell you himself. Uh, he's got his own podcast. It does. All right. It's not as entertaining as this one. The <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to be like that, is it? Oh, it's going to be like it. So I told everyone uh, in our, we're all, blo- and I will get into this in a minute. So we've got Mr donnie bovine who hit is the head and I'll, I'll let kevin know he said you said you were in charge of it all uh the success success champions network the growth mode podcast he's got another podcast that's getting ready to has the other one launched yet or is no, it the other one's
1: been out for a while the actual success champions been out for a number of years
0: so we've got all, another podcast uh for those of us that are into the podcasting he does a couple more episodes than me on a download like 25,000 an episode a couple more <laughs> than i do i'm not buying it though i think it's all bots that's what i'm telling everybody but we have a good hey, friend. we're
1: really really doing well in kenya right now so i, saw ball- that.
0: <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> that at all it's so amazing he's, he's big i used to tell people all the time i was big in kenya like kenya has like his loves podcast i don't get it yeah i'm blown uh, away
1: i i, I was big in really kenya shocked.
0: but uh we have mr donny bovine here joining us he's bellying up to the bar with us tonight Oh wait, see, one wrong button
1: <laughs>
0: oh, he's the only guy I know that actually has that sound effect in his pocket when he walks into rooms, so for that sure. every, so that he walks in, he's like, "Uh, can I get an espresso?" <laughs> donnie welcome to the bar, brother. Dude,
1: I totally forgot to you know line up the badum bump for you because I feel like I'm gonna need that a lot.
0: Oh, okay, so here, I got it right here.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: i <laughs> got it all <laughs> set, you, up. brother. But uh, Donny's another he- hang out with you, man. Donnie and I met uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, Um, We we met through uh, Mike Latuna, who's been on the show for the uh, International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, who, if you don't know it, folks, has been now is officially in the Times Union Center here in Albany. Uh, Mike was a big part of that. And I was introduced to Donnie and uh, we hit it off. We hit it off like Marines hit it off right away. Most of us.
1: All right, I'm pretty sure we call each other an asshole in the first few minutes. So we're yeah, great. that was definitely
0: <laughs> some form of asshole. And uh, what color crayon do you eat? Right,
1: right.
0: Brought up, and I was like, and, and I don't know. And this always comes up. And we're going to get into house cleaning here in a minute, folks. But you, what years were you in?
1: Ninety-five to
0: ninety-nine. Okay, so I'm. My first year was ninety-four. That crayon shit wasn't a thing.
1: No, dude that that shit came out. I, I literally I googled. That shit. I was like, what the hell is this crayon on? And you can't find a definitive
0: answer on it. No. Well, what kind you of see? answers have you found at all?
1: Um, That, uh, what was the one, is that you would so dumb that you would eat a box of crayons. Um, that you are, never made it out of the elementary, so you never learned how to write with anything more than a crayon. Are some of the ones I've seen throw out there. I, I'm loving them all. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm okay being the knuckle dragger idiot because yeah. I wasn't a freaking idiot when I went in. I mean, I was blue collar, freaking born poor as shit. You know, I had no direction in life. Uh, I had to do something because yeah, it
0: was a requirement for for folks like us. But, uh... <laughs> But we're going to get ready to get into it. We're going to be talking about networking and not being an asshole, which is Donnie's entire thing, which I, I love it. And it's a weird thing because I think so many of us think just by asking for somebody to be to join their network or or talking to someone, you think you're an asshole. That's not a thing. You you can you you. It's a whole conversation. But before we get into that, and uh, if you like our podcast, Donnie, help me. I, I'm going to quote right now before I even get into the house cleaning. Because of Donnie, I went back and I renamed. At that point, I had like 65 or 70 episodes. I renamed every single episode. And we're going to get into why that was important. (laughs) That's something Donnie did for me, why I did that. So we're going to get into that also. I want to
1: know the results of it, too. I want to know what it's affected.
0: I will tell you, because I don't know the exact numbers, but I will tell you. uh, I definitely seen uh, an improvement. So as always, folks, right over my right shoulder, for those of you that are watching us live and for those of you that are listening to the audio. We have our board for Sticker and a Cause. If you believe in something, I don't care what it is. You've got your own podcast. You've got an organization that you're supporting locally. Kids Little League. I don't care what it is. Reach out to me. I can be found. Our social medias are Facebook, The Above the Bar Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at The Above the Bar Podcast. Our Twitch is The Above the Bar Podcast. Our email is the above the bar podcast at gmail.com. The only one that's goofy. The only one is our Twitter, which is at above the bar four, because I couldn't get the above the bar podcast on, on Twitter for whatever the reason is. So we're at above the bar four on Twitter. You can reach out to me on any of those social media sites. Let me know what your cause is. I'll give you an address to send it to send it out to me. I'll read it live on the air uh, for everyone to hear. So sticker and a cause it's here for everybody. Our next thing is, is you saw all of all of our posts this week. If you're following us on Instagram, if you're not, you need to fix yourself. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, everywhere. You saw all those great posts. If your media needs a bigger network, make sure you reach out to media by dibs. They can do your flyers. They can do your social media posts, anything you need. Video openings our opening. He re- he fixed our opening for us. A little while back when we had new music so reach out to media by dibs on twitter instagram it's all media by dibs and if you mention belly up to the bar you're going to get a 10 percent discount and a free consultation the first time around media by dibs now let's get into this brother so let's do it we're going to get into this folks first thing Don, that donnie did for me and we'll say it. so i changed i used to think that if you have a podcast out there, we all think because we watch these other guys that are doing, you know, all these ads and they're doing all these amazing things and they're getting all this stuff. Remember, most of them probably have backing in some way, shape or form that most of us will not have. So you're relying on algorithms. And I thought I had these really cool names that if you listen to the show, you you would be like, oh, I need to know what that means. Donnie said stop. <laughs> Name that shit something that somebody's going to Google. How to run a podcast. Marines. What does it mean to do this? How do you do that? How do you make this? Things that people are going to go onto YouTube because they search their their Facebook or search their uh, podcast the same way. Think about what last time you looked up a podcast. It should be the above the bar podcast. And as I always say, make sure you grab your, your phone, your friends' phones, and everyone you know, and go ahead and just put my shit on their phone so that it downloads for everyone. It's the only way it's going to get bigger. Yep, But Donnie said to change your name. And I will tell you, Donnie, as soon as I did that, I think if I had a show that had five or 10 downloads, it now has got 10 or 20 downloads.
1: Yeah, it's massive. It's, it's, it's because you got to think that podcasting is whole and we can go down to the rabbit hole of podcasting for a while. Jesus Christ. But mm-hmm. um, podcasting as a whole is a how to platform. Like, you know, I told you, I'm, I'm really getting in the NFT space right now and figuring that shit out. Um, and so I went to Google Podcast. I typed in NFTs, and there's two podcasts that instantly, instantly popped up. One is uh, The end, uh, Edge of NFTs and NFT for Newbies. So I, I listened to them both, both great content. But the funny fucking thing about uh, NFT for Newbies is I'm in the second episode. I'm like, God, that dude's voice sounds familiar. And then I realized it's my fucking buddy, Rich Cardona, who is a retired gunny out of the fucking Marine Corps.
0: Hold on. Rich Cardona? Yeah. Why do I I know? He's huge oh. on
1: LinkedIn, got a big following Hold out on.
0: there. Oh, um, Rich Cardona. I know, I think I know Rich Cardona.
1: And and But it's, it's his podcast. And I, and I sent him a thing on LinkedIn. I'm like, motherfucker, your podcast kills. And so I, I'm I'm devouring it because he really breaks down NFTs. I'm not going to go into NFTs yeah. are, but if you're really I'll Tell people,
0: what an NFT is if they don't know, at least give them that.
1: So an NFT is a way to digitally own, like if you did a piece of artwork. So so if you own a piece, you're trying to sell art. Um, it's a way to sell it online and an alternative method to selling it versus selling it out of a shop or something along those lines. And there's some cool ways to make money um, from it. But if they really want to know, go listen to NFT for you know uh, uh, NFT for beginners. Rich Cardona and Her- Heather Parody, who's another great gal, um, and they'll take you through. And it's so funny because. There are such newbies at it as they're building it out. They're fucking things up. I mean, the Ethereum, which is one of the big coins. I mean, yes. she's like three episodes in and she's like, Ether- uh, Ethereum. And Ether- she's not even good. Co- and Rich is like, you realize it's Ethereum, right? And she's like, really? You know, so it's it's such done by beginners and newbies. They break things down just fucking Big Bird style. But that my point of all that is podcast is a how-to platform. So when people are looking for content, so we, we're working on trying to figure out how we NFT our books coming up. You know, so I'm trying to do a lot of research and, you know, so just like YouTube, people go to podcast land and they type in, how do I X? And somebody's done a podcast on it. Uh, it's it's a pretty fascinating thing to to wrap your head around. Um, but, you know, most people start a podcast because they think that's going to be the thing that, you know, sits into the stratosphere because they right. got something to say and they don't realize that they're fucking nobody. And they better be playing a really long fucking game when it comes to you know podcasts. Well, we're,
0: this is episode 90 or 91. So I've been doing this since June of last year. I have and I in look, folks. I, I will bust Donnie Stones all day long, have no doubt about it. Um, and it's but he's doing twenty five thousand downloads an episode. I'm doing 2500 total. <laughs> A- and and I'm proud of this and I'm always going to be proud of it because that means 2500 times somebody said I want to hear Murph talk. I want to hear him run his face. And I find it interesting. But you know, podcasting and, and I want to kind of combine the two, you know, in in the name of this episode I said, you know, how to podcast, you know, how to be successful at it. The first thing I'm going to tell you the, the secret, and I'll see if Donnie agrees with me or not, is uh, don't expect to be successful anytime soon.
1: I agree with that. I,
0: um, there's other things I think are more more important, but but I agree with that. Don't and I, but I I always feel like if you think that way, and I did it, um, I've talked about this. Well, I think I talked about it with Brian, uh, Brian Merrill, who was on last week, another another service member, another successful small business person. And I don't believe any business is small it if it's paying my bills that bitch ain't small (laughs) right Um, but keep in mind him and i talked about it you know one of the first things i i thought you know i reached out to uh, somebody who i knew had a successful business and i said hey you want to sponsor me and he was very kind to me he could have just been like i'm going to ignore you but he was very kind to me and he said come talk to me when you do a thousand in six months if you're doing a thousand downloads an episode smart guy And he was kind to me and he explained it to me. Folks, I do about 20 to 30 if I'm on a good week. This is a, a big long game. So, but part of it, I have a, an amazing network. And that's what Donnie has come up with. And I want him to talk about what is what he means when he says that how to network without being an asshole. <laughs> and I have and, and it really kind of resonates with me because in my line of work my day work networking is everything in my world whether I'm doing my day job whether it's podcasting and I say to somebody and, I, and, I, and I've said it to Donnie hey if you know somebody that you think will be a good guest on my show let me know introduce me that's networking oh don't so, worry I'm
1: throwing Kevin at you next
0: well I've already got Kevin lined up Did I've you? got Sorry. Kevin lined up and then I've got one lined up with you and Kevin Oh, shit. Look at this girl. You didn't realize that, right? Um, I do now. God, he sent you a mess. God. Okay. Fuck, dude. Yeah. If you uh, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you
1: saw how many freaking conversations and shit that I have going on a regular basis. This is why if it's not on my calendar. Don't exist. You know, uh, dude, literally uh, tonight another guy said, hey, are you ready for our interview at seven o'clock tonight? I'm like, yeah, no. He's like, what do you mean? No, I'm like, fucker. it's not on my calendar. He's like, we've been scheduled for a couple of weeks. I'm like, you never sent me a calendar invite to set that thing up. I said, you know, so we're going to have to figure it out. So we reschedule it for February. But, um, you know, uh, but, you know, here's here's a funny thing is I've sold hundreds of millions of dollars over the years um, from HVAC franchises to commercial printing in my last career with, with an organization called uh, Sandler uh, Training, which is a sales training organization. And, um, you know, sales is a bitch, right? I mean, it's a grind, it's brutal. You've literally got to not give a shit what people think about you. I mean, you got to turn off the noise and you got to put food on the table. Right. So, so, you know, I grew up in the cold call world and, you know, I literally one day while selling commercial printing i'm like fuck man there's got to be an easier way to do this and you know there's got to be something else that will work and that's when i found networking um and uh, i tried a lot of your traditional networking type groups you know your chambers your rotaries the b and i's you know all those things and i was selling commercial printing where my average sale was you know 50 to, to a quarter of a million dollars and you know uh, these little bitty places weren't going to fucking get me there, you know? Um, So I quickly, you know, back in the day, I started forming my groups of people that were going after the same size of business and everything. And admittedly, when I first started out, I'm like, I'm bringing people to the groups and these motherfuckers better bring me business. And so I, I literally looked at all these people and saw them almost like they had a target on their chest. What are you drinking, by the way?
0: Um, this is Widow Jane, 10 year bourbon, Widow Jane. So, yeah. um, so I am, and you know, talk about networking. Um, I actually now have a person if you who all she does is re- a PR person that represents small batch distilleries. Oh, no shit. In my network, who I enter, you remember Kathy? You mentioned yeah. Kathy, introduce her to Kathy because all these small bre- batch folks need help. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this one is actually made. We talked about it last week. It's a made in American oak barrels, pure limestone mineral water from the legendary Rosendale Mines of New York. So,
1: so if you're a small batch liquor company and you happen to listen to this, you want an easy fucking plug. Send this motherfucker a bottle. Oh, all day long. You know, all all day. You know, I I just don't understand how people aren't using guerrilla marketing. And we'll go back to networking, but, but yeah, guerrilla marketing at their finest. Find a podcaster who's doing a live podcast that you know likes to fucking drink, send him a goddamn bottle and watch the shout out.
0: You know, all day.
1: You know, um, it's funny things like that people should be doing. Um,
0: What is that one? pick six vodka Uh-oh. which is a, a saratoga based pick six saratoga racing i i always talk about them if somebody says to me that's a perfect example that's networking yep. if somebody says to me like hey i'm looking for a vodka to make i'm like oh you gotta go drink pick six you know uh, pick six that's the one i don't know
1: vodkas for fucking anything <laughs> <laughs> but
0: i will tell you right now they're great human beings right and i'm gonna tell you to go drink their shit
1: that, and, and that, I mean, that's, that's how everything should be done, man. Um, that's, that's how everything should be put together. And, you know, I mean, for me, it, I had to learn some hard lessons in networking. You know, I really thought that by bringing people together that they were going to fill my pipeline for me. And I was sorely mistaken because you know, when you get around running and gunning people, people that can actually sell are running a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Um, You know, they're going beast mode. You look at them as, as, as you're going to fill my pipeline. They're going to look at you and say, fuck you. What are you going to do for me?
0: I'm going to eat your lunch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I had to learn that to become successful in networking, man, you've got to be the guy that can get other people to the guy.
0: And so- Now, hold on for a second, before you go too
1: far beyond that. What do you mean by that? So the best networkers in the world are some of the best salespeople in the world. They know how to go get their own business. They realize that networking is a way to double up on what their activities are. So, So let's say- what type of companies do you typically do recruiting and stuff for, staffing for?
0: Um, in, Industrial manufacturing and warehousing.
1: Cool, beautiful. Manufacturing is awesome. So let's say I'm still doing sales training. And I go and I sell a manufacturing company. And I'm now going to train their entire fucking sales staff. Now, I need to get close to you because you're dealing with manufacturers all over the place, right? And that's a great fit for me. But you're not necessarily going to instantly think of Donnie... And introducing the manufacturing companies. But if I come to you and say, hey, Sean, I just landed a deal with XYZ Manufacturing Company. They've got 12 sales reps. I'm just crawling in there, but I'm going to get to know the VP of sales. I'm going to get to know the president of the company. Give me a month or two and tell me who's the ideal person for you to meet. And I'm going to get you into that company. And then a couple months later, I come back and go, you ready? Let's go to lunch. Right. And I take you in there now at no point have I ever looked at you and say, Sean, what can you do for me? Right. I am opening the door for you first. I'm literally taking you straight in to the decision maker in that company and saying, hey, Mike, let's make up a name. You know, let me introduce you to my buddy, Sean. Let me tell you, if you ever need personnel, you ever need staff, you ever need recruiting, you ever need somebody in your world. This is the guy. And literally, it's almost mafia style that I just vouched for you. Right. Right. Now, Mike, you could have been prospecting and calling on for months and probably not got in there. But now that I've given him results as a client, you know, helping him grow his business. Right. And right. I brought you in. Now I've become your fucking champion. So Mike's like, hey, great to meet you, man. Let's set up another conversation. And now you've been introduced to that company. It's
0: a warm handshake. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because the first thing that came to mind to me, now this is a sales background for me, and I don't normally tell everyone my sales background, but I, I'm a monster. I, I don't have a problem admitting it in a world. I will take, if you're not a good salesperson and you're on my team, I will eat my young. <laughs> I, will tra- I will do everything I can to train you, but I will eat my young. And I don't, because like Donnie said, this is a monster's business. Yeah. You know, it, it really is. And, and, and let me, let me, well, let me a, clarify well, monster. I mean, we're not saying be not a jackass. Mean. Not be mean. A, well, and I'm, I'm not
1: saying try and, and get one over on somebody. No. I'm not trying to no. take advantage of somebody, but it takes a unique individual to be able to reach out to somebody who doesn't fucking know you, get punched in the face verbally. <laughs> And go, well, that was fun. Can we do it again next week?
0: Yeah, all day. Ray, <laughs> Ray Gagnon. Uh, one day I'll have to introduce you to Ray. In, in a moment here, folks, we're going to make hard laughs. And any form of podcast is going to go out the, out the window. And you're going to listen to Marines talk about, let me introduce you to this guy. <laughs> that guy. I got a person for you. Uh, Ray Gagnon, we used to call the devil. Because not because he was a mean, horrible person. But Ray could sell anyone, anything to anyone. And I still respect Ray to this day. And I know other Marines that he is pissed off beyond – that wouldn't piss down his throat if his stomach was on fire. But Ray has taught me so many times. He owns one of those J-Dog –
1: No, junk removal?
0: Junk removal now. And he has his own sales training. But that's a perfect example of a guy who um, networking, sales – that I used to watch that guy and just go fuck I'm I suck at my job and <laughs> I was a recruiter of the year and I would watch that guy and go I, fuck I don't know what I'm doing right. and, and that's what that's actually my goal in in when I recruit and when I when I sell is to look at somebody and go you're so damn good I don't know what I'm doing I need to learn more yeah I need to I mean, learn
1: I mean that, that that's how I learned sales was uh um,
0: so you weren't formally trained like i'm formally trained no nah,
1: no nah. i mean uh i never even knew sales training was a thing somebody loves your sweaters, by the way
0: <laughs> it's, dibs. it's dibs man dibs <laughs> loves the
1: sweater that's awesome oh dibs and bits i love it um but freaking uh, oh i freaking uh stitch too or twitch i mean switch right, yeah badass badass um oh but um you know for me how i learned sales was i this is a fun story so i was hired out from behind the bar to really get my first big boy freaking sales sales job right and i was hired into a unique situation um, streaming (laughs) that's awesome um and freaking i love reading comments and shit but oh yeah um you know when i was hired I, I really had no sales manager. Um, I had, you know, um, you know, dibs, let's talk, brother. We can talk. It's shit. Throw your sales questions up, man. We'll answer that shit live yeah, right now. I love
0: it. Hell yeah. I have to tell you, finish your story because I want to tell you a story about today. Sure. So, so I literally had
1: no training. So she literally gave, gave me like a computer and a phone and said, figure it out. So <laughs> my first sale really ever Was to my own mom. And I sold her a set of business cards, and my own mom beat me up on fucking price. She's like, Yeah, I'm not paying that. I'm like, What do you mean? I'm not mom. I need to do, I need to figure this shit out. She goes, Well, here, here's your first lesson. Here's your first lesson. I'm not paying that price. (laughs) 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 And my mom's the sweetest, most kindest, gentle hearted lady in the world. That's how it um, came to
0: the first strings.
1: Yeah, so what the first thing that I I did to figure out sales is I found the most successful sales guy in the company and said, all right, what the fuck did you do? And he goes, I sold. I'm like, well, that that doesn't tell me anything, dude. And he goes, grab a phone book. I'll show you how far ago it was. He goes, start (laughs) with A and call. When you get somebody to invite you in for an appointment, I'll tell you what to do next. I was like, well,
0: OK, dude, that's real. That's like throw the kid in the pool and I hope you swim yeah. old school.
1: Yeah. Um, but and I called my brother who had been in sales for a number of years. I'm like, dude, how do you sell? How do you cold call? What is this? Um, you know, uh, and and he's like, well, you call up and you say hello. I'm like, well, I do that. Then what? He goes, ask them if they need printing. I'm like, dude, there's got to be more than that. And he's like. Call me back when you try that. I call them up. I'm like, company. I'm like, do you guys need printing? Well, what kind of printing do you do? What that fucking? Wor- How did that work? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so it, it 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 it's been a fun journey to figure this all out. But you know, I did the whole rise to you know commercial printing in fort worth texas i was one of the top known fucking print sales guys out there There there's only one guy in the entire state that outsold me ever um and even then i had to go from here's donnie the blue collar kind of kid to the slick back hair over the top clothes to realize that guy's just a fucking asshole waffle wall street (laughs) yes 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 and getting in the big games and Fucking stupid poker nights and stuff, but uh, to come back to the dude who wears you know ball cap and t shirts and just myself and down to earth and sell a hell of a lot more that way.
0: I don't even hear a goat in the background. Not right now. You might hear to, my
1: new puppy in a little bit, but you might
0: you have to get into the network to know about that. But it's funny to me. So you're trained, you know, trial by fire, as Dib said, baptism by fire. I was you know i've always said it i've said it a million times on this show my father's the greatest salesman i ever knew uh, i i can list my father's accolades and it's mind boggling how good he was um awesome. and the old the old man you know trips you know things that just blow your mind and i've said it on here a million times what the secret to sales training to sales is but i'm formally trained where you trial by fire I went through. The Marine Corps had a company called Achieve Global, who um, I don't even know if they're a company anymore. They were around for like thirty some years doing. The Marine you were Corps a recruiter, stuff. right? I was a recruiter for the Marine Corps, but we went this formal sales training on you know to the point that you know I'm cert. I was certified through a private company on train the trainer for sales techniques to be able to sit down with somebody like a Donny. And say, well, let me teach you how to teach someone how to sell. Like I, I've gotten to that level, the very formal sales training. And I love it. I had a conversation with a guy today uh, in Vermont who was like, hey, I'm trying to get, get this guy a job. And he, I, I taught him, and I don't know if you – in my world, this is very important. Needs, goals, desires. Right. What, what, why? What is your need behind your need? And we're talking, and I was like, well, tell me about his needs, goals, and desires. And I told him about that a a while ago. And he came back to me and said, I did that, but I couldn't get nothing out of him. I said, well, that's not an answer. (laughs) I said, okay, well, let's talk about it. And we went, and this is what I love about sales training. I said, okay, so you didn't get nothing out of him. Let's role play it. And we went through and we role played it. And uh, it's not that role play folks. There was no leather. (laughs) There was no gags. At no point I did guarantee I guarantee
1: he's got a couple of whips sitting behind him. guys. Don't that's so, totally no. different though. <laughs> and that's,
0: you know, that's self, you know, but,
1: but
0: we went through it and I love, I don't know why I love sales training so much. Have you ever thought about that for yourself? Well, like why you enjoy it?
1: You know, so when I got into Sandler, um, I was, when I interviewed for the position, Um,
0: and what was Sandler? Hold on. So Sandler
1: training is one of the the largest sales training organizations in the world. So I'm, you know, I didn't get into sales training. I didn't get formally trained in sales until I was 14 years in. Hmm. Right. So, um, by the time I got to Sandler, I was straight beat the fuck out of, you know, learned how to sell, you know, um, self-taught, all the way through nobody nobody taught me anything um matter of fact a gentleman did try and teach me sales one time and as soon as he opened his mouth i laughed at him because i knew the shit he was teaching gonna trying to teach me would never work in our game ever he it it was dumb um he was just such a grease ball um but
0: um let me tell you how to sell that like i got this thing this thing that's gonna work for you
1: so um i got recruited out of printing to go work for a sales training company. And when, when they brought me in for the interview, I said, look, I got no desire to be a fucking trainer. I said, I just want to be a sales guy. And they're like, good, because we don't need a trainer. Well, two years into selling for him, I 4X'd four, four his fucking company. And he looked at me and goes, dude, you can't make any more money. I said, what the fuck you mean I can't make any more money? How much money I fucking made you already. And he goes, you know, I misspoke. He goes, you can't make any more money unless you start training. And I said, dude, I'm not a trainer. I don't want to be a trainer. And he goes, well, I'm at capacity. I can't train any further. I can't add anybody. So you're going to have to start training. I'm like, fuck. So now I became a damn sales trainer. And I started training Sandler. And then we 10x the fucking company because now I could, you know, eat what I killed. And you know, I got to the place where I, I, I learned that if I didn't sell, I couldn't train, and I started really enjoying tra- you know training. I love training from the aspect of teaching the mindset, the simple things you know, behind sales. Um, um, Dibs, two seconds. I'm gonna give you an answer how to get sponsors, okay? Um, but the the crux of it all. You can't just train everybody. You've got to train trainable people. And, you know, a lot of these companies have don't have salespeople. They got customer service reps. Yeah. Amen. You know, and that was a massive story. I want to get to Dib's fucking sponsorship question. Well, but.
0: And that's a great question, Dibs. And it's funny Donnie's talking about this. So, again, I've sold for so long. I love BD better. And if you don't know what BD is, that's, that's business development. I would rather spend my day, and this is this is the, probably the saddest side of sales. As Donnie said, I would rather get punched in the face all day long doing BD, and that was a big thing that I I learned from uh, Master Guns Ray Gagnon was, if you're not being told no, you're not doing your job. Yeah. And and that's I, I'm going to let Donnie give you an answer there, Dibs but it's going to be my answer. If you're not being told no, then you're not asking enough people. Yeah. But what do you think, Donnie? Uh, I I 100% agree with that. I'm trying to get sponsors for, for, so to give the back, it's really, it's
1: it's really stupid, simple to get sponsors. Um, And and here, here's how, so the first sponsor I ever get got was literally a guest on my show. And when I interviewed her, um, You know, she had a really cool company, great story, come from, you know, kind of an entrepreneur family, and but she built a multi-million dollar corporation, you know, from nothing. And I was her first podcast she was ever on. So it was really, really cool to be able to tell her story. And me being me, and I didn't know about what sponsorships looked like, right? Really. I didn't know how it all set up. I just knew that people talked about getting sponsors for your show. So I looked at her and said, hey, would you consider sponsoring a podcast? Similar to what you do with that guy? And she goes, well, what does that look like? I said, well, I will you know, do a live commercial for you every you know episode of the show. And we'll talk about you, your company, and see what happens. She goes, well, oh, that cost me. And I said, 500 bucks a month. I just pulled a number completely out of my ass. I had no idea. <laughs> right. And she goes, okay, let's do that. And then I went, fuck, I should ask for a thousand. Um, <laughs> right. So, and, you know, she was a sponsor for many, many years. Um, but the, the, the trick with it, Dibs, is, is really go find your biggest fans of your show like the people that are just totally into what you do and let them know. Cause a lot of people don't know that they can sponsor podcasts. Right. So go teach them that this is an option. And I would start off your first podcast, get your hosting fees taken care of. Like, you know, all my podcasts are on captivate.fm. And if you're not doing captivate, you are playing a fucking game wrong. They are a podcast platform that loves podcasters more than any other platform I've been on. I've been on a bunch of them. I've done Libsyn, Simplecast, and now fucking Captivate. Um, it's a hockey team, not a podcast. So okay.
0: okay, is it like like a kids team or no? It's a minor league. It's a minor league team.
1: Oh, badass, badass. All right. So here's the first way you start getting sponsors. Man, cool, semi-pro, beautiful. Um, is you go find companies that have sales teams and the likes, and you walk up and say, hey, I'd love to put your sign up in the back of the stadium, right? So people can see it every damn time, every week. Here's what we're going to do, is if you will pay a small fee, small fee, I'll give you X amount of tickets to a game, and you make it look like a trade, so small money trade to get the sponsor. You get that first one that will say yes to small money, and I'm talking 100 bucks a month, something stupid small, and get their their sign up in the stadium. Something give them or just tickets to the game. You'll fuck them and announce them at the game. As soon as you get that one that will pay small money, and basically you're just trading them for tickets, okay? Um, to the to give them the tickets to the game. Then you use them as fucking leverage. You start calling up everybody and say, hey, you know, I just got John Smith HVAC company to sponsor. And this is some of the things we're doing for them. These are some of the options we can do for you. Like, would you like to be on sucking Center Ice? I'm doing their offering season tickets and sponsoring social media advertising during the game. I just secured someone for 250 monthly. Fucking beautiful. Yeah, now right. use... Yeah, use that as fucking leverage, dude. So call up other people and go, man, let me tell you what we just did for John. And leverage it, because people want to be a part of the cool club. So make the cool club a place for them to freaking hang out. So, and now what I would do is say, hey, why don't you come to a game? And then with this sponsor that's paying you $250 a month, while you're at the game, make a big deal about that sponsor. Like, show that sponsor off. You know, at the announcements, go, hey, just so you guys know, if you look at section XYZ, you'll see XYZ spot." And the other person that you're courting to be your sponsor is like, fuck, for 250 bucks, that dude's getting announced, getting talked about. He's meeting the fucking players. All right, let me come play this game. And it's an ego stroke because you only sponsor a fucking hockey team to stroke your ego. Right. So, you know, so go play to the ego. So go find your wealth management companies. Go find your, your, your gunslingers that are, that are hungry and they'll throw money at
0: you. But you got to wine and dine those guys a little bit and think blue collar dibs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I will tell you in when I think about those kind of things, reach out to your, your company, your big HVAC company in the area, your heating plumbing company in the area. Those are the guys that, you know, are willing to they're all they're sports guys. They grew up with sports. So in their mind, sports were that important to them growing up. They remember the WB Mason ads. Uh, I've been looking for construction companies and stuff and companies that love to support being. There.
1: You, you know what? Dibs, you know what I would 100% do if I were you? I would start a podcast all about your hockey team.
0: Yeah. And then I
1: would go fucking interview all these motherfucking people that run businesses that geek out on hockey and do nothing but talk hockey with your prospects. That's it. Because now you're interviewing them. Cheap mic setup. You don't need anything fucking fancy. And now you call up these construction companies and you tell everybody, you're looking for, you know, CEOs of companies that used to play hockey.
0: Ooh, I got it. Mm, go,
1: go, I, go, jump, yeah. jump.
0: So this is what we love to do. So there, I promise you there is a peewee hockey league in your local area. If they've been on the ice or you get them to like at halftime to play a peewee hockey game, you know, you know, just a quick game in that conversation with the hockey coach, find out what the parents do for a living. Yeah, dude, seriously. I promise you, if you find out that the parents, because hockey is hockey to me is like rugby and, and soccer in England. If you ever go in England, they talk to you about uh, soccer is a, what is it, a hooligan sport played by rich men, and rugby is a rich man sport played by hooligans. hooligans yeah. and, and hockey is that way in the States. Hockey is a rich man's sport. You go find those parents and start saying, Hey, yeah. By the way, bring your kids yeah, to a game and you start sponsoring those kids. Those kids have parents who have money, who have construction companies who have those businesses.
1: Well, and imagine if you had a podcast. Um and I stay away with- from veterpreneur mm-hmm. tribes. Yeah, yeah. That that place is a shit show. Um it's- but um, and the veteran community as a whole in the business side of things, until they find success, just avoid it for the most part.
0: And we're veterans telling you that, yeah,
1: oh yeah, hundred uh, percent.
0: We're weird, so we look at everyone else who has a business and think you suck. Yes. Um, and if you're not instantly doing something for me, you suck. Um, and that's really kind of who we are, and and we love each other and we'll do for each other. But if you're not us, fuck you, you suck you exactly right. I'm not trying to sound like a douche, but that's just how we are.
1: For sure. You know, but yeah, I love this kid's idea and getting to know their parents because now let's say you just do even the fucking Facebook live, not even you know, a formal podcast. And you're like, look, why don't we come and you talk about we'll talk about your, you know, your company, what you do. We're just going to do it at the rink. So let me give you a behind-the-scenes fucking tour of the rink and, and you know, come hang out. We'll do a thing. We'll talk about your company. We'll promote the shit out of your company. And now you get a captive audience that at the end, you're like, you know, what if we could do this more regular? And we put your logo up in the freaking thing, yada, 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 and you get a captive audience. You know, promoting sports teams, you've got to get fucking full-on guerrilla style with this shit. You know, because people don't always understand, you know, the value of having their logo promoted at each game getting talked about and whatnot. So you got to get fucking wicked. There's a guy here in Fort Worth, Texas with me, Anthony, um, that helped uh, start up the uh, shit. What's the Fort Worth soccer team? Oh, I, know. I forget. Um, but the, the Fort Worth got a, you know, a <laughs> MLB soccer team. Okay. And, you know, um, he helped start it, get all, but, You know, this dude started a thing called uh oh my wife must be getting hungry and hear the dogs. Um, but start got a thing where it's called um like a hundred men who give a damn or some shit. And he just started this fucking after hours networking thing where he brings a hundred dudes in. You pay a hundred bucks to come to this thing and they'll do it at different craft breweries or whatnot. And the hundred bucks goes into a raffle and 50% of it goes to, or yeah, 50% goes to one charity and the other 50% goes to another charity. Oh, that's amazing. And so he brings all these people in that can afford to drop $100 to be at an event, highlights a couple of nonprofits. But on the underlying thing, he was telling everybody about the fucking soccer team. And so he was building awareness for the the soccer team by bringing all these fucking people together.
0: Genius.
1: Right. So so this is what I'm talking about to, to really do a sports team. You got to get fucking straight up gorilla with this stuff.
0: Well, and that's the other thing about it is, is, you know, I think if I was doing a, a sports team, me personally, and I'll tell you my thoughts on it is I want to know what my numbers are average game. And then being able to explain to my client that, hey, look, even if you're a small semi pro and you're getting 500 people a game, maybe it's it's, it's 500 people a game. Being able to explain to my my client that, hey, look, your logo is going to be in the face of 500 people for x amount of hours. That they're going to see it, they're going to hear it, they're going to understand it. What other form of media or entertainment can you pull that off in, and for the money that you could do this with, that would be my that would be my angle. I would take the angle of let's look at it. If you do a commercial, you may get 100 people, a 1, thousand, ten thousand people for 30 seconds. I'm going to give you 500 people for an hour staring at your logo. Who can do that? Right. that? And then shut the hell up. Dibs, here's the other great secret of sales. Don't shut fuck the fuck up. Shut the, <laughs> fuck up. shut the fuck up. Oh, God, I can't even begin to explain to you how many times I, I look at people and go, so what do you think about that? And I wait, I love the uncomfortable of the room. Let me ask that question. I gotta ask you that question, Don. How much do you love the uncomfortable question when you ask it and then don't say shit? How much do you love it?
1: I I love the squirm. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but for me, I love the follow-up to whatever they fix, they're fixing to say. Right? Because because when you shut up after you ask a question, right? Um they're going to take a second and then they're going to throw an answer at you, which I, I, I love that. Right. But for me, whatever they ask, I'm always going to hit them with really why? Oh. And then I'm going to shut up again because that second <laughs> pause, that second pause is money. Oh, I, mean, I love
0: it. Folks. You know. If you're just joining us, I, I see five, we got five people watching right now. James Shear, Thank you for the love brother. Um, we are with Donnie, uh, Bovine. We are, we have fucking hooked a hard left, and you are into two <laughs> sales guys who are just trying to fucking hard dick each other into a fucking another piece of the puzzle because we love it. This is what we do. I'm, I promise. You, I'm working with a guy right now, Donnie. I, if you were still in the game for the copier stuff, I would already have found a job for you where you're going to make a million dollars. Because I've got an old school sales guy I work with around here. He's in his probably mid fifties. Who like old school brother? Like <laughs> we'll talk after the show. And when I say like we're not quite at um what is what did we I talked to somebody the other day. We're not quite mad men, mm. but we ain't far off from it. Who's right. just like, you know, you know the the whiskey bottles probably in the desk drawer. The sales gets finished, and we're taking the whole team to Beijing, China. Right, that kind of sales guy. So now, kind of keep moving this thing forward. Your whole thing is networking without being an asshole. And, and, and Dibs, I'm not cutting you off, brother. I need to get you into SCN. That's Success Champions Network, sure. bro. If you if you really want to network, thing if you've ever done BNI, BNI's Fine, like, but B&I, you're going to have three guys that sell insurance, two guys that do uh, financial planning, a house mom who's selling curtains, and an Avon lady. And you're trying to figure out wh- how you guys are all going to work together. And it's nothing against BNI, i but I couldn't do it. Yep. I will tell you right now, one of the nice things about SCN, Success Champions Network, is there's one person that does what you do. Yep. There's one person that's involved in it. Um, you will until your chapter gets to ten. You have to fucking look at Donnie. God.
1: <laughs> <sighs> you were waiting this entire episode to play that fucking sound.
0: Let me go ahead. <laughs> but you, you know, but it. But the other side to it is, is it, and I, I, mess with Donnie. But you do have Donnie. You have access to him. You have access to other salespeople. Uh, in in my group, there are folks in there that I would reach out to in a heartbeat when I have questions for sales. And I know what I'm doing most days. And
1: dibs, when we meet later this month, dude, I'm going to make you cry. That's that's my goal to see if I can completely make you cry.
0: <laughs> he's, he's a little chubby. He's a chubby Marine now. So <laughs> um, but get into uh, any. And, and look, I love success champions. Next week, we have Christine Smith, which I would love. I'm going to have to introduce you to Christine Smith. Okay. Christine Smith in the Albany area is a network. Ninja. Oh, I
1: think I actually know her.
0: N- ripple effects?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know Ooh, Christine. Fucking, she, fucking she's actually, beast. I love Christine. Dude, she's yeah, a Christine. ninja. She's yeah, a Yeah, fucking ninja. love her. We but, we have a lot of a commonality when it comes to networking and shit. Oh. She's fucking good people.
0: So so tell everybody what you mean cuz cuz people are worried about they everybody thinks just asking somebody in a networking question makes them an asshole.
1: Yeah. So, so, so what does here's that? Mean? A, yeah, so here's the thing is is networking is about opening doors for others. I truly believe that success is found when you can connect one person to the exact person they need to meet. I mean, go back to the earlier scenario. Like if I can get Sean straight into the decision-maker of a manufacturing company that would be looking to hire a bunch of people in the next year, Sean's going to fucking love me. But I don't give a shit if he loves me or not. Right? I believe in the universal law that if I do enough good shit in the world, the fucking universe is going to take care of me. I don't don't need to give the game bullshit. I literally just want to open fucking doors for other people. And the, the, the cool thing about that is when you open doors for others, dude, you are so top of mind for that person. Like, I set goals every week to make sure I do X amount of introductions and X amount of referrals. And to give a legit referral is extremely hard to do because it means you got to go find people that are actively looking for the services of another individual. You can make introductions all day long, you know, to people. And that's like, a great point.
0: Introduction is right? different than a referral,
1: for sure. So, so you know, um, I think the number one metric salespeople should be measuring is how many referrals are given to other people how many doors they're opening for other people, because I can tell you how successful you're going to be. I don't give a fuck how badass of a salesperson you are. If you're not opening doors for others, you're doing a transactional game. And if you're playing transactional sales, eventually you're going to get your fucking teeth kicked in because that means you're only working for that deal or maybe potentially the next deal. You're not thinking lifetime value. So imagine if you look at your number one fucking client and said, who the fuck do you need to meet? And then you spend your entire fucking week going to find people that would help them in their business. Imagine doing that for your number one client where you go and say, hey, I've got two people that are legitimately looking for your services. Dude, that client ever, ain't ever going to leave you. Right. Right. No. You're building life. And so so for me, the entire philosophy of networking is literally building other people's businesses. And that philosophy is what we allowed me to build the foundation for Success Champions networking, and now 46 chapters across the U.S. getting ready to open up in Canada. You know, but it comes hey. down to, you know, the idea that if you get a bunch of motherfuckers together that understand this concept of opening doors for each other, dude, it goes beast mode because now you've got real salespeople that are doing tons of conversations every week. You're top of mind for them because you're constantly opening doors for them, right? They're top of mind for you. And
0: uh, that's that's big Nate. That's what big up, Nate? Nate. He, he doesn't know how to play fantasy football. Big Nate, <laughs> don't worry, Nate.
1: Somebody got to wear the fucking tutu when they lose. Um, but, but dude, yeah, man, at the end of the day, man, it, it life revolves. I mean, Zig Ziglar said it best. You have enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And that's that's the entire philosophy of everything we're doing. And you know, when you build a culture of GSDs, these get shit done people that are proactively growing their companies and doing the shit, um, you know, life is good. Life is really really good. Shaking my head. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, now I I wanted to kind of Hey folks, this is definitely one of those shows that I, I'm going to try to keep it under four hours. But you know, it, it Donnie and I are the kind of people that we're you're into my wheelhouse, and I love to talk about people, what they do, and what makes them great. But you brought we've brought up the term salesperson, and I I understand Hollywood has changed your mind that a mm. salesperson wears a seersucker suit, a shiny shirt, hair slicked back, shoes that cost more than your car does. At least one tooth has a bling to it. All the other shit that Hollywood has told you that a salesperson is. Your dad was a salesperson. Your mom was a salesperson. Your neighbor was a salesperson. All a salesperson means is somebody that has a goods or service that they think you would benefit from. Guess who what you all with an Amazon account. You've been sold on the idea that Amazon is a better deal from a salesperson whether it was your neighbor who told you I have an Amazon account and this was a great idea and it's, it benefits me. They are a salesperson and they sold you on the idea of having an Amazon account.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, for me, sales is nothing more than a conversation, right? It's a conversation that typically happens between two people that naturally has a fucking outcome. Ah, rich. (laughs) He's a good fucking dude. We just connected. Nice. Um, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, people get so hung up over this idea. I've got to sell something. Man, if sales is done right, you don't have to overcome objections. You don't have to fucking do these hard clothes shit. You just go have real conversations. I mean, for me, when when you have a proper sales call, you sit across from a motherfucker, and by the time you get to the end, they're like, "Fucking oh my god, this was the most killer conversation I've ever had." How do I get more of what you do, or how do I get involved in your world? What's it look like? They're asking you how to move forward, right? Not this stupid shit that's been taught nowadays. Of well, you got to get one over on them. They're my money's in their pocket. You know the fucking stupid ass Grant Cardone shit. That guy's a fucking idiot. Who uh, I don't even know who that is. Uh, don't no worries. Um, but it's, it's the idea of going and having genuine, real conversations with motherfuckers that really gets to the heart of the matter. You know, back when I was doing sales training, you know, I take these young bucks along for on sales calls and on the way to the sales call, just be you. That's it, Herb, just be you, um, freaking, uh, on the way to these sales calls, you know, I'd be talking to these young guys, girls, and they would be in fun, loose, having a great conversation, talking about family. Then we'd pull up to the building we're going in, and it's like they do this Jekyll and Hyde, right? Yep, totally. They, they would just get stoic. And I would, be in a sales trainer, I would go along as the sales guy in training. That's how I snuck into the sales calls. So I'd go help them actually coach later. And they'd be in their sales call and they'd be completely vomiting it, right? And I'm not going to bail them out because I need, they need the experience of fucking it up, right? And they would look at me and go, Donnie, what do you think? And I'm like, I'm just a sales guy in training. I, I don't know anything <laughs> here, right? <laughs> and we get in the car and they were like, why the fuck didn't you bail me out? I'm like, you don't learn anything from me bailing right. you out. But I'm like, what the ha- hell happened? You know, on the way to the call, we were fun, jovial, and everything else. As soon as we got out of the fucking car, you became this shyster fucking greaseball salesperson. Dude, people buy from fucking people, right? You're not talking about this transaction, you're talking about lifetime value. How can you keep these people around for fucking years? I mean, my clients end up becoming family fucking friends that we do fishing trips together, hunting trips together. You know, this isn't about getting their money. This is about creating such a strong relationship that they want to stick around with you forever. I've been in weddings of clients, you know. I mean, it's it's you need to pour into these people. But most people are so... So inundated with the commission, I heard somebody coin this phrase that I fucking love. They got such commission breath. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That they just fumble the fuck over all their words. And they're trying so hard not to be a greaseball salesperson that all they do is come across like a greaseball salesperson.
0: It's funny. Now, now my, I told you my old man was the greatest salesperson I ever know. And I told you I was formally trained. And I'm curious of your feelings on this. Now, I was formally trained. You're not going to hurt my feelings. My father passed away a couple of years ago. He won't hear this. Um, My father always used to say to me, you can sell anything to anyone as long as they think they're getting a deal. doesn't matter what what you're presenting to them. And if you go back and think about anything you've ever done, I talked to Brian about this. If you think about anything you've ever bought a day in your life, if Donnie bought a truck and I bought a truck, now I'm going to buy American. I'm buying Nissan. He's probably buying a Ford. Um, <laughs> um You have to go back and research that. That's a research joke. Um, but the reality of it is if we, we had the same vehicle, if I said, hey, I paid 40000 for my truck and Donnie said, well, I paid 39000 You know what the first words out of my mouth are going to be? When I bought mine, it was the best deal I could get. If Donnie bought, bought something and I bought something, the, re- the first time you buy it, the first words out of your mouth are, well, it was the best deal. Yeah. God rest your father. Yeah. yeah.
1: God rest your father. I'm going to 100% disagree with them.
0: See, now you just, and I'm, use, I, I, I'm curious because you you have a very, and, I, and the reason I bring that up is you have a very different sales approach. Yeah. The old man used to make it. He, so so own,
1: my he question deal. would be, what's the name of the last guy who sold you a car?
0: Um, Rob Gage,
1: cool. Very few people can tell you that. Why? Because they got transactionally sold to,
0: they got the deal, it was about the deal,
1: right? So, yes, you can sell to somebody anything, right? You can if they feel like the deal. I agree with that philosophy. Where I disagree is you don't go back. What do you mean? Because if you don't find that connection with that person, because at some point you're going to have the conversation with somebody and be like, "Okay, I paid thirty nine thousand dollars for that." The other person's going to go, "I paid thirty six for that." My thought process is, "Fuck, I lost three fucking grand." Right, right. I told, "Yeah, buyer's remorse." Thank Mark. you, Tim. One hundred percent. And when you get to that point, I'm never going back to that sales guy because I just got fucked out of three grand.
0: And you want to know who my sales guy was.
1: Likely. Yes.
0: That, that's what I'm saying. So right. you want to know who my sales guy was.
1: Right. And, but the trick is if both sales guys fucking came to the table and actually said, here's the truth, here's what we're at, this is what you need. I mean, I've got a buddy that's got a, almost a half a million you know, following YouTube channel that teaches oh, people God. not how to get scanned by fucking car salesmen. Right,
0: why is it? Which guy? Uh, uh, it.
1: Kevin. Kevin Hunter. Look him up. Kevin Hunter. Um,
0: is he the uh, one that always has the young lady with him?
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, I know who him. that is. I've yeah, watched Kevin's him. Good Very uh, good. Right. So, but, but, um, you know, at th- th- the end of the day, he wouldn't have a show if people were authentic upfront and fucking real. Right. So, at the end of the day, it's not about getting the deal. I want you to buy the first car from me, the second car from me, the third car from me, the fourth. I want to be able to sell your kids their cars, you know, their grandkids their cars. I want to provide you so much fucking value that the lifetime value of you is generations. Nice. And if I get the deal at the moment, I lose the generations. because, And evidently that sale is built on fucking quicksand. Because somebody's gonna always come along with a better fucking deal.
0: Interesting. So that's a different. It's definitely a different approach from, you know, cut cutting the deal, being done with it. Uh, and, and like Herb said, it's about the relationship. You know, those are definitely I I love the the difference in approaches, and, and I hope as as we're doing this, folks. And I love that Donnie's on here, and I'm telling everyone, check out successchampionsnetwork.com. Look and see what it is. There's 46 chapters across, across the U.S. There's an A chapter now. That's the Canadian one. It's just the A chapter. A chapter. A. <laughs> um, we're just going to call them the A chapter. But, you Matt's know. I love that. Let Matt know. So, uh, a. Um, you know, or you can call it the strange brew chapter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: You know, but but it's it's definitely a difference in approach. Um, whether it's. And, and I guess, see, I was brought up on that. You know, making sure people know they're getting the best deal. I was brought up on that mentality, and it's just very, very different. Uh, and, and Herb's absolutely right; it works with podcasts, also. You know, hey, you know, are you building a relationship? That's why I love Streamyard. I would never. I've tried the other stuff out yeah, there. That's why I love Streamyard. Is you know, we're sitting here, Donnie and I, and we're having a conversation. But those of you that are with us right now, you're part of the conversation. You're part of the interaction. For those of you that listen to this on the, the podcast version of it, I thank you. I love you all because that's the time that you have with us. Please make sure you're making comments on everything. And I'll always answer your comments. But StreamYard's great because it builds that relationship. Uh, and yes, Herb, <laughs> if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be on StreamYard. The background that you're seeing, if you're watching the StreamYard, Herb built that for me. Um, The little pieces at the bottom, that's all Herb. You see the the Earplug Podcast Network. And I'm going to say it, and he may not like it. We all love you, Podfather, and we want you to get healthy and get back in the studio so we can have more shows with you. Uh, Tim, one of my bosses once said, Tim, I want you to go out today on your first day of sales, but I I don't want you to sell. I want you to go make friends. What a difference. So we're,
1: get, we're, getting, we're getting Sean hooked on phonics so he can learn how to fucking yeah, read. Yeah, fucking read. read, read, read
0: like <laughs> I got that Baltimore education. <laughs> <laughs> I can shoot a motherfucker with a gun sideways. Wait. I can't say shit.
1: I, I think we just showed our age with the hooked on phonics, by the way.
0: Oh, God, that uh, might be it. Well, <laughs> Baltimore used to have billboards all over the place. Baltimore, the city that reads. Oh, uh,
1: oh. God, not well. No, not, um, not can, shouldn't Baltimore be the city
0: that riots? No, it used to be uh, – so I used to – this is a no-shitter. And, and do you know the difference between a sea story and a no-shitter? No. So this is a good great marine one for you. So a sea story probably has a bunch of lies in it. So if somebody tells you, hey, I got a sea story to tell you, guarantee you the fish wasn't that big mm-hmm. and the story wasn't that impressive, and she definitely wasn't a 10. But a well, no-shitter, sh- no they're not lying to you, and they want you to believe every word of it. Hey, this is a no-shitter.
1: <laughs> well you know she probably wasn't a 10 she was a two at 10 she just happened two to be a 10, a 10
0: at two <laughs> yeah this is definitely true but you know so when i was in uh when i used to live in baltimore i actually used to have a t-shirt and it had a 357 magnum on it and you couldn't wear this shirt today nobody's gonna buy this shirt today and it said baltimore to the city that bleeds oh you know, look. I live in Albany, New York, and I love living in Albany. I feel safe. I can. My children are safe. It's a beautiful city. I don't like all of our rules, but it's a beautiful city. They had, God, we're gonna make a right turn here for a second. They had seventeen homicides, and they're losing their shit up here. I lived in Baltimore. They're like three hundred plus, right? And they're like, eh, you know, awesome.
1: ba- Baltimore. If you've never been is got a great, great little area called the Inner Harbor. As you stay right there, life is good, man. You go a block outside the Inner Harbor, you're taking a hard turn to places you don't want to be. Yeah, no, it's a different animal.
0: Yeah. You will find some of the best. You know what? All right, we're into it. You know what's uh um one of the most amazing restaurants you'll ever go to in Baltimore, and it's a food source that you were going to be like, really, Baltimore? Spanish. Theo Peppies in bottom.
1: Um, I don't do teal. Do, so we found on the harbor itself. So you guys just listen to us geek out on food a second. Um, kid, geeking but out. on the harbor, literally on the water, there's this oyster house and you got to have reservations to get into it. Okay. That's what it is. Um, I, if, if I could text my wife, she'd tell me the name of it. But it's the first time I've ever sat in a restaurant. And they brought you an oyster menu. Yes. And, dude, I didn't realize that oysters had, like, oh. different flavors. and oh, completely. And, oh, <laughs> dude. Completely. <laughs> I spent so much money that night trying every fucking different oyster I could get my hands on. Did I was have buying. L- Did, you uh-huh.
0: have Did you have Rockefeller?
1: Dude, they brought it out like a, a wine tasting or a whiskey tasting. And all these different things, and it was fucking amazing. But it's it's a it's a little dive bar, it's two stories, you know, just a, a seafood place. Um, the other thing that I found in Baltimore, only bar I've ever been in that is dedicated to Grand Manier. We call it grandma. Really? Yep. There's a bar there that you can literally buy a bottle of grand minier. We call it grandma.
0: Yep. Grandma and they'll put yet. it
1: on the fucking shelf for you. So every time you come to Baltimore, that's your bottle.
0: So there's a bar in Baltimore. Um, God, I can tell you it's in Fells Point. Yeah, it, Fells Point's where this oyster bar is. It, it's on the corner. Actually, Fells Point's also... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Food with Fucking Two Fat Guys. <laughs> um, um, but that's also... So I can't think of the name of the bar right now but it's on the corner uh, in Fells Point. And Fells Point is an interesting place that if you go there during the day and the Fells Point Bakery is open, it's amazing. The smell of fresh baked bread is amazing. Um, But then there's a bar on the corner. I can see it, but it was the only place I've ever been to that all their liquor bottles are on tap to include like schnapps, like 99 bananas. Oh, wow. Um, And then you have High Tops, which is on the other corner, which is in the square, but... Then you have the BOP, which is brick oven pizza. And the BOP actually makes a dessert pizza, which is amazing. But here's an even crazier one. Do you remember the TV show um, Homicide Life on the Streets? No. So that is, was it a TV show back in the 90s, early 2000s, where they were all about, you know, crime in baltimore and i still will always stand by that homicide life on the streets and the show the wire and the corner or why my city is all jacked up like it is only because they felt like they needed to live up to the image right. I, I thoroughly believe that if you were like hey tv says we're fucked up so we might as well just be fucked up then because it wasn't like that as a kid um but across that was bertha's muscles do you like muscles
1: i do i do i do
0: There's a bar called Bertha's Muscles. That's all they serve is beer and Bertha's Muscles. And you get a t-shirt that says, Eat Bertha's Muscles.
1: That's awesome.
0: And in the TV show, Homicide Life on the Streets, one of the characters buys a bar. He buys Bertha's Muscles. Oh, no shit. (laughs) And if you go to Baltimore at the end of the block, they used to show this, um, the police headquarters, the, the station they were in. It's actually one of the firehouses at the end of the block in Fells Point.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, if if we're going to go that route, let's go another hard fucking turn. So, have you ever seen the show Walker, Texas Ranger?
0: Absolutely, yeah. The original one, not the new one.
1: Not the original one, the original one with fucking uh, Chuck Norris. So, that's filmed at a bar called the White Elephant Saloon in the Stockyards. Okay, One of my uh, early jobs uh, when I came back from Texas from selling franchises in St. Louis was I was the door guy. At White Elephant Saloon CDs,
0: like a bouncer. Yep.
1: So um, the and so I you know we always had to answer the questions about the show and everything. It was kind of fun. There's a country singer named Cody Jinx and he's got the song uh, um, "I'm Not the Devil You Think That I Am." And he's he's the one of the first independent artists that never went to label that hit number one on all the charts. Um, It's really really fucking cool. Cody taught me how to wait tables at a Benegin restaurant. And then he was bartending. Yep. He was bartending uh, at the White Elephant Saloon when I was a door guy. And one of the freaking singers didn't show up that night. And Jason, who was the manager, is like, fuck, what I'm gonna do. And Cody's like, I got my guitar in the truck. And, you know, Nikki was another friend of mine. She's like, Well, go get your guitar. The motherfucker sat on a bar stool and played acoustic all night.
0: In a Benegins. No, no, no!
1: This was at the White Elephant. Oh, okay. It was, it was, I thought yeah, this was at yeah. a bit of betting.
0: It. Yeah, so, no, no.
1: wow! And that's, so cool. that's how he got. And after that set, a guy who owned Longhorns down the road heard Cody playing that night. And after the set, uh, Cody looked at Jason and said, "Hey, could I get an actual gig here one night?" And Jason's like, "Yeah, you're not good enough." The owner of Longhorns heard that and said, "Come play at my place. I'll put you on a stool." And that's how Cody got his first entry into frequency and country singing. And now he's one of the biggest names in the world, you know, are up and coming in that world um, so cool. doing that. But there, have you seen Yellowstone that show?
0: I know the show. I, I, okay. it's, it's on my list of like, I still got to get- watch it.
1: If you want a man crush on anybody, rip, you will fucking fall in love with. No. I, I would, is damn Don Johnson
0: is that Don Johnson's character?
1: No, no, uh, that's the it's the dude from Days of Confused. Which um, one? Uh, so the asshole that chases them all around the paddle, beating the yeah! shit head,
0: plays Rip. Um, now I have to watch, see do you know how many shows I fucking watch.
1: Yeah, but oh, dude, God. here's the really cool thing where, the, where this all comes from. 1886 okay. is going to be the prequel to Yellowstone, and Sam, Sam, um, who's the motherfucker from Roadhouse?
0: I know you're talking about, uh, I know you're talking about, I don't know his name though.
1: Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott um, is going to be in this prequel. And so was Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. They just filmed a good portion of it here in the Fort Worth stockyards because it's an old West town. Oh. So everything. So yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. It's Fort Worth. Um, And so just they so just. Know, folks, I'm
0: going to get Donnie's address and we're all going to send him crayons to eat.
1: Look here, motherfucker. You better be sending him bottles um you know but yeah so my old stomping grounds they literally came in and brought in like uh, hundreds loads of dump trucks and turned this into a, back into an old dirt roads wow and everything because it's it's the only place in in the. US that has a downtown area that's still set up like an old western town
0: you got cool. Post. yeah it's a really cool tourist trap see that's know? that's going on here in the Albany area so Troy New York you know, Uncle Sam. Yep. That's Troy, New York.
1: Oh, so, like the actual dude came from there. The,
0: the real uncle Sam is from Troy, New York. He's buried here in Troy, New York, um, which is, it's a very interesting area. So HBO just finished filming um, some Victorian show. Cause they do the Victorian stroll down here and all kinds of stuff. So HBO just finished filming, filming something down in this area. And, and it's interesting, you know, There's another example for you, Debs, or whoever's still listening. Find out what's going on in your community and see how you can you can tie into it. Yeah. Because people want to do those things. People want to be part of those things. You know, Donnie and I, you know, look. Donnie and I are guys that you're gonna drop us into somewhere with fifty cents in our pocket and a pen and a piece of paper. I'm gonna get a fucking job. Right. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make money.
1: Yeah, dude, anybody ever tells me they're looking for a job drives me fucking nuts. Definitely. Everybody's hiring for fucking sales. Right. I don't give a shit. Everybody.
0: And, and it's funny is because, you know, to kind of we're going to get ready to, to close up the bar here in a minute. Uh, Donnie's got to like a goat to sh- goat to milk or some shit. And well, I'm
1: glad got you got the milk because it didn't sound like you were saying milk for a second.
0: <laughs> I used to know a master sergeant that had a bunch of goats and he would do goat milk cheese. Goat, goat he, cheese, yep. Dude, have you ever had goat milk cheesecake?
1: Oh, I don't know if I've had that. But we 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 do a lot of goat cheese and stuff, but
0: bro, listen to me. It will fucking change your life. This dude used to sell cheesecakes that were only like this, like a like six inch cheesecakes, and they were made with goat milk at like ten bucks a pop, and would be, and he was doing it on base. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even better. He was doing he was it on a there. mint. Oh, he was like he was selling out every time. Like, and it was like a crack deal. People would be like, "Hey, Master Gun, you got that cheesecake? Master Gun, you got that cheesecake, right?" But you know, we're guys that are gonna gonna make this happen. We're always gonna gonna find it. But I want everyone to to take a moment, look up Growth Mode podcast. What days does that come out there, Donnie? Um, so Which new podcast? episode I
1: comes know. out every Thursday.
0: So every uh, Thursday. So tomorrow.
1: Yep. So, and it's uh, me and Kevin Snow, who's my chief operations officer. And we talk everything sales, business development, growing and scaling your business. Um, And, you know, we've just upgraded the format of the show. So we'll always throw a topic out there. So every episode, we start off with a story that relates to the topic, um, you know, whatever we're talking about. And then, We put a post out in our Facebook group, private Facebook group for all the members of Success Champions Networking. And we ask them, you know, what is your question regarding uh, this topic? And we then read that topic live on the air, giving them some exposure. And then Kevin and I answer it. Um, And we always finish
0: up. What's this week's question? Uh, So
1: hold on, I'll tell you. Uh, Remember, it's adding members to your podcast, right? Uh, well, we always record, you know, a few weeks before, so tomorrow is setting traps for health, uh, traps for yourself. So a, one thing that I learned is a lot of people need to be held accountable to make sure they get shit done. So a trap is something that you put out there to the world and let them know you're going to do something. So we talk very specifically what it looks like to. Say you're going to do something and let the world hold you accountable. So, like, uh, launch a new course for your company, or you'll do a hundred days of Facebook Lives. Um, you know, I've had somebody recently said, "I will, you know, bring on ten new clients by a certain date, or I'll shut down my company." Right? Um, it's extremes because a wow. lot of people aren't self-motivated, they're not money motivated, they're not you know overly driven. So you've got to set a massive fucking freak out because uh
0: you're okay with that. Yeah, Yeah, like yeah you're okay with somebody saying hey I've got by you know June first 10 new clients or I'm shutting this whole fucking thing down. You don't think that that's too extreme.
1: Nope. And and here's why the people that are setting those type of things have spent their entire lifetime with good enough. They spent the entire journey of this world being okay with being okay. If you're that person that has only gotten so far in life because you've always gotten just okay with it, just good enough, whatever, you've got to do something so extreme. So the fear of her shutting down her business scares the fuck out of her more Versus doing all the new business development reach outs and everything. So, And when she tells other people that she's going to do this or shut down her business. It's such an extreme amount of fucking accountability. That you can't help but do the things you need to do. And the way I learned this was a guy once upon a time. Looked at his daughter and said, if I close one deal a week. For the next year, I'll take you to Disney World. And every Friday, his daughter would look at him and go, dad, did you close a deal? Yes, I did, honey. I closed a deal this week. Uh-huh. One week, he looked at his daughter and said, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't get a deal done this week. And she melted, right? Completely cried, freaked out. Uh-huh. And he said, honey, hold on. And he went and crammed the phones, did everything else and sold a deal and he never missed anything or so the idea of traps is setting something that's such a scary accountability i don't
0: Um, know if I could do that
1: oh dude i really
0: don't know if i could do that and and i know i'm good at what i do
1: well let me ask you are you motivated by fear and success or success and there's an easy test to figure that out what's the test okay when you close a deal you bring on a new client Mm -hmm. is the first thought process one of two answers First thought process Do you want to instantly go get a deal or do you go, whew, That's done?
0: I, I don't. If I give you an answer that says it, you'll have to determine my answer for me when I close a deal, I dance.
1: Okay, what's the next I,
0: action? I go and I go and try to find them somebody to, to fill that place. Like, so for me, with, with staffing. So the minute okay. I close a deal, I, I, I actually will stand in my office. Different question. And, and I shake my shoulders and then I go, now I got to go find them a person.
1: Cool. What motivates you more, looking at your bank account or looking at your investment portfolio? Bank account. Okay. You're motivated more by fear. So okay.
0: now, now tell me how that how that works is. We're, we're the bar's staying open, motherfuckers. Because uh, I'm curious. Help me yeah, out here.
1: So, so here's a real thing: the people that go, the deal's done, and go work on it, that type of thing. They are energized more by desperation. Like if you looked at next month and you had no business coming in, you'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go find a shit ton of business." hmm. But if you look at next month and you're like, wow, I got a bunch of shit going on, odds are you're not going to push yourself as hard as you could. You're absolutely right. Okay. So the people that are motivated by success are always what's next. What, what's the next deal? What's the next deal? So I got a young guy that I trained years ago, the greatest salesman I've ever met in my life. Um, and, Me? huh? Me? No, no, no. R- the real one. Um, <laughs> and this dude. Uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah. But
1: this kid we do kickboxing together okay and we were sitting in the parking lot and we both screwed up they changed the time when practice was and so we both got there about a half hour early and i said cool i'm gonna go do some work with the truck he goes cool i'm gonna go do some cold calling right this kid is fucking hungry i right? love it and literally just really to brag about him his name's uh austin um, went to work for a commercial label company selling labels or I'm sorry, a commercial box company selling boxes. They had eight salespeople when he came on board. He's now the only salesperson. He Get outsold out all eight people combined. So it's him and the president of the company are the only salespeople in his company. Now it's ridiculous. He's a fucking beast, <laughs> but he is always, and he's like, look, I'm going to work Monday through Friday and this motherfucker works so hard. That he doesn't work past five o'clock and he doesn't work weekends, and is selling millions upon millions of dollars because he's he still, huh? In boxes. In boxes. It's ridiculous. Um, printing money for himself at this point, um, but it's because uh, he's never going to go hungry. I love and his it. biggest fear is to ever to go hungry. So, so when people are motivated by this this, this big success, they'll constantly go after, they'll constantly churn they'll constantly try and do it. But most of us are motivated by fear. So when you're different. motivated by fear, you know you, you're the person that well, I'll just figure it out, right? I always it, you know, it'll never get that bad. If it gets that bad, I'll fucking bail myself out. And if, knowing that that's how most people are intrinsically wired. These fucking big risks will fucking catapult you as long as you own up to it.
0: Interesting. Now That I that that I Donnie. I don't normally say I like you, but I like you right now, yeah.
1: <laughs> dude. So tomorrow's no. episode: setting traps for yourself. Yeah, that, uh, go growth go mode podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, listen to Kevin and I dive into, and we're gonna tell some of the stories and some of the successes of we've had with people setting these
0: traps. Yeah, make sure you check that out, folks. But check mine out first. But yeah, <laughs> uh, we check Donnie out afterwards.
1: I mean, if you want to listen to a little tiny show, I mean, I'm kidding. Um,
0: this <laughs> so, so, so little guy right here, a so, so little show right here. Uh, but, but it's, I mean, folks, we're we're gonna get ready to pull the pull the sign down on this thing. Um, Donnie's over there gi- drinking cheap Texas whiskey. Um, that ain't
1: true. I'm drinking a hundred dollar <laughs> rum. So,
0: woo. What, what's your rum? So
1: I typically like Captain Morgan, but for my mm-hmm. birthday, my wife bought me, she bought me two things. One, if you've never smoked and your drinks, what did she that? bought me this? Oh, so you uh, get a device so that you put these flavored like chips in really? and you literally light them and it smokes down through your glass. It's yep. fucking insane. It's so, so, uh, you can take a bad whiskey and turn it into a good whiskey really quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, for our 15th wedding anniversary this year, she bought me a freaking $100 bottle of rum and this freaking smoke infuser. So, I'll That's sit down cool. there. Oh, it's, and you're like a kid in a candy store lighting this fucking thing up watch the smoke and just go through your glass and just sit.
0: Best rum I've ever had is a brand called Tartuga. Tartuga is really, really good. That's the best rum I've ever had was Tartuga, and it was a white rum. I See, like I'm not
1: big one. on white rum, but um, there is oh, it's a black bottle with uh, bamboo. Bamboo is one of my favorites. Never heard of that one. Um, uh, really good rum. Um, but yeah, I'm a rum drinker.
0: Well, I'll I'll look for your rum if we have it here. If you can find me a bottle of Heaven's Hill bourbon,
1: Heaven's Hill bourbon,
0: Heaven's Hill Blue Label. I can find
1: you like Buffalo Trace and shit all day long.
0: That's hard to find right now. Not it's, here. It's, uh what it's funny oh. that you can find it because I was just actually when, it, like here. I'll tell you how big the uh the liquor store up here is. You know the uh the people who have this the TV show for the uh, fish tanks. Yeah, they've got like four or five of their fish tanks in there in this uh liquor <laughs> store. So I'll tell you, you know, how, how you know massive this store is. And I was in there the other day and I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a bottle of heaven cell. The guy goes, we only get certain allocations for it uh i haven't gotten it in a while it's a blue label it's not expensive it's probably about 35 40 dollars a bottle brother um if you're a bur- if you if it's a bourbon like buffalo trace is great i saw a bottle of buffalo trace the other day 6000 dollar bottle
1: that's so stupid dude i can buy buffalo trace around here 40 to 60 dollars a bottle now, all day like, long
0: like a special like whatever but when i see those and my i had my one of my sons with me i was like look at that he was dad that's six thousand dollars i said that so i can
1: walk up shot. and get a seven-year-old heaven hill bourbon up the street for 40 bucks
0: dude it, i would recommend it to you blue label i will recommend yeah, it's a
1: blue label right now i'm looking at
0: absolutely it. i will recommend that to you, if, you right. if you're not a bourbon drinker i will recommend that bourbon to you heaven's hill blue label I will highly, highly recommend. But I'm in New York, right? I, right. It's you know distance wise, it's a whole thing. But look, we're gonna get ready to pull pull the close sign here on the on the Above the Bar podcast. Uh, Donnie, brother, uh, we've known each other for a couple of months. Um, I would actually probably put you out with gasoline. I really appreciate. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey,
1: let me do one quick thing for, you, yes, for please. you. Seriously, guys, if you've hung out with this this long, you're still listening to the show and you've got any value out of this, do Sean the greatest favorite. And I mean, I really mean this. Fucking tell one other person about his show. Being a fellow podcaster, there's nothing more cool than when somebody says, hey, I shared your show with a friend um, and they fucking love it and they subscribe and they join in. You know, he's got a cool message, a cool platform, a genuine fucking good dude. Help him grow this fucking thing because the only way his message reaches others is if you tell other people about his fucking show. So do him the honor of telling at least one person to tune in and check this shit out.
0: Brother, thank you for that. Hell yeah. And, and, and I'm going to flip it. Make sure you go and you check out Growth Mode Podcast on all the major platforms. I'm going to check out. Uh, I actually wrote it down. I know you told me about it before the uh captivate.fm oh um i've got an affiliate link for them if you really i mean yeah I, i'm you and um, i And actually
1: uh the ceo of captivate is coming into success champions networking on the 27th of january to teach a podcasting workshop
0: uh well then 27th of january yep yep make sure i got the link we'll, we'll yep. have to. i'll have to sit down because that's this is someday i would love to retire and just do this all day long <laughs> right I'm, I'm getting in front of my face um but make sure you check out growth mode podcast. Look around. If you're interested in success champions network, reach out to me, reach out to Donnie. We're on every social media platform that you could ever imagine. Reach out to us. There's probably a chapter in your, if there's not a chapter in your area, we'll find somewhere that you can get tagged in, uh, up in Albany where the, the elite, uh, empire elite chapter. We would love to have you, you join us up here in Albany, but, uh, donnie where else can they find you
1: dude um if 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 they want to get in touch with me specifically if they text the word success to 817-318-6030 i'll send them a whole bunch of free training stuff but it'll also send them all the links to everything that i have so text the word success to 817-318-6030 and we'll send you a whole bunch of free stuff um to help you get better in sales or grow and scale your business so Um, And that'll get you into everything we do.
0: So that was 817-630. Nope.
1: 817-318-318-6030
0: and text the word success. All right. 817-318-6030 and text the word success. Donnie will personally send you pictures that, you know... Amazing. Yeah, th- those two, those two. I,
1: I, I You're gonna get my fans only page. His fans only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Folks,
0: make sure you send that over to Donnie so you can get yourself set up. If you're interested in anything from the Above the Bar podcast, you can go get you a personal sweater made. And we've got a bunch of new stuff on T Public. I found Joe Byron. Have you seen Joe Byron? No. You have to look that one up, Joe Byron. I- Take me out to dinner, Joe Byron. Uh, <laughs> but we've got all kinds of shirts now on the Above the Bar podcast on T Public. If you want to send us a message, the Above the Bar podcast on Instagram. Our Facebook is the Above the Bar podcast. Our Twitch is the Above the Bar podcast. Our email is the Above the Bar podcast at gmail.com. And as I always say, the only one that's a little bit goofed up is uh our Twitter is at the Above the Bar podcast for Donnie. We're going to get ready to close the bar here. And as I always say, do not log off. You and I got to talk for a moment. You know, that's one of the nice things coming on here. You get a little after hours talk. But as I always say, the guest gets the last word. So what's the last word there, Donnie?
1: Freaking do something every day that scares the pure living shit out of you. I promise you, if you want to grow, go straight at the thing that freaks you out. Because it's not about overcoming that fear. It's about who you become going straight through the fucking thing.
0: Alrighty, folks, be sure to push a stool in.
1: This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation. Found on earplugpodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.